Throughout history, shepherds have played a vital role in many different cultures. A typical shepherd demonstrates great care and concern for his flock. They lead their flock to the grazing lands. They protect them at night. They lead them to water. They keep them from danger. They indeed care greatly for the flock that they have been charged to, to manage, to take care of. And these are among the reasons that God uses the occupation of the shepherd to describe and illustrate leaders for his people. So this morning for our time together, I wanted us to consider three different shepherds from Scripture. The first shepherd we want to consider this morning is the shepherd David. We're first introduced, or actually first mentioned, about David in the book of Ruth. The very end there in the chapter 4 of Ruth, he is mentioned as being in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember from history, Boaz married Ruth, and Boaz had Obed, and Obed had Jesse, and Jesse had David. And then it goes on down the lineage there, and it goes all the way to our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see there about the important role just in the lineage that David plays as, as we consider him this morning. But we're actually first introduced to David here in 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you recall from history and from your Bible studies that um, Samuel was told by God to go to the house of Jesse, who we just mentioned was David's father, and that's where he would find the man that God himself has now chosen to be king. If you remember, um, the people wanted Saul to be their first king, and indeed he did become their first king, but his reign was terrible, all the many things that he had to go through, and the terrible decisions that he made, and because of that, God raised up another king to come after him, and that would be David. So Samuel's told to go to the house of Jesse, and he's going to find the man that's going to be king. So if we look down at verse 10 here, 1 Samuel 16, it says, Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are there any other children? Is this all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. Verse 12 says, So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready, with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. So here's the anointing of David. Notice, what was his occupation? He was a shepherd. He was actually by occupation a shepherd. He was a shepherd for his father's flocks. As a shepherd, one has to be skilled in leadership. Look over in 1 Chronicles with me. We're in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, verse 11. Chapter 11, beg your pardon. I said that a shepherd has to demonstrate leadership. 
who God chose David, who was actually a shepherd. But there's more to it than that. Let's look at some of the things that are said about David and his leadership. In 1 Chronicles here in, a verse, in chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then all Israel gathered to David at Hebron and said, Behold, you are bone, uh, we are your bone and your flesh. In times past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who led and brought in Israel. And the Lord your God said to you, You shall be the shepherd of my people Israel. And you shall be prince over my people Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. And David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel according to the word of the Lord through Samuel. Notice that God said, you shall shepherd my people. Isn't it interesting that he uses that term, that way to describe the leadership that he expected from David. David, therefore, is not just going to be a figurehead, not just going to be a king sat on some high throne, but he expected someone who's living among the people and leading them in the right ways, in the ways of the Lord. Over in chapter 17 of 1 Chronicles, turn over a few pages. 1 Chronicles 17, verse 7, says, Now, therefore, thus... Shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be the leader over my people Israel. Here again, reinstating what has taken place, that God has taken him from the pasture of shepherding his father Jesse's sheep to shepherding the flocks of the Lord God. And he expected that same kind of leadership to come through when David would be king over Israel. God also expects him to take care of the people, just as that shepherd takes care of the sheep that he has in his, in his fold. Over in eight, chapter 18 of 1 Chronicles, beginning in the second part of verse 13, it says, And the Lord helped David wherever he went. In verse 14 now it says, So David reigned over all Israel, and he administered justice and righteousness for all the people. In order for David to truly care about Israel and to care for them, it was necessary for him to deal justly and righteously with the people in his charge. In 1 Samuel, back in a moment ago, we left there, but just as we think about this when Samuel is talking to um, beg your pardon, when God is talking to Saul, we got it. He says, But your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. That's God speaking to Saul. Because you have not done what I've commanded you to do, you're not going to be king any longer. I'm going to take the kingdom and I'm, I'm going to give it to this shepherd, to David. And he's going to be the shepherd of Israel. And he says there that it's, that it's going to be taken and it's going to be given to David. And how is David described? As a, as a man after God's own heart. How much care did God show his people? All the things that he had done for them. All the deliverance that he had given to them. All the compassion that he showed for them. All the things that he had done for his sheep. 
when he was their shepherd. God now expects that of David. So he wanted a man to have that same kind of compassion. So who does it make sense that he would choose but a shepherd? And a man after God's own heart. And that was David. David was chosen as that. Not only was he a shepherd, but he was chosen to be the shepherd over Israel. Next shepherd I'd like for us to consider is the good shepherd. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus knew that the people, when he comes into, he comes on the scene and he is traveling in his ministry, he's going about from place to place, he notices something. In Mark 6, verse 34, it says, When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them in many things. Here's that compassion that comes through again with a shepherd and a sheep. He realized that these people were wandering, that they needed a, sh- a shepherd. Here were sheep that were in dire need of a shepherd. And Jesus came to restore that relationship of God and his people. That relationship that had been so strained over time to the point of dividing the kingdom and the kingdom being taken away into captivity. Yes, restored, but never to its former glory. And in those years of silence when God doesn't speak to his people, And they're left to their own devices, and the Sadducees rise, and the Pharisees rise, and all these things tend to pervert God's will. Jesus recognized that these sheep indeed needed a shepherd. So he came to restore that relationship, and not just to restore, but to greatly strengthen it. And to fulfill that prophecy of that ultimate relationship that God always wanted to have with his people. They shall be my children, and I will be their father. That's the relationship that God has always wanted with his children. He wants that father-child relationship. And it's always been strained over the years, especially in Israel, as they fell away time and time again. And as we as Christians, when we fall away, we strain that relationship of, of the father and the child. But that's the relationship that he wants. So much so that we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. That's that intimate and close and loving relationship that God wants with us. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to restore that relationship and to strengthen it so that we would have that wonderful relationship with our God. The characteristics of Jesus as a shepherd can so vividly, beautifully be summed up in John chapter 10. Turn with me there to John chapter 10. Jack read for us the first five verses. We won't read them again. But here he tells the parable about the good shepherd. Tells about how there's a stranger that might come in, might try to sneak in through some other way, but the shepherd comes through the front door and the sheep know who he is. They know his voice. And he comes in and he leads them out. Leads them out to pasture. Leads them out to water. They know the shepherd's voice. And Jesus tells this parable as a way of demonstrating the difference between the thieves and the robbers and those who try to sneak in from some other way versus the shepherd 
who enters through that front door and leads his sheep out because they know his voice. Verse 7, read with me. Jesus said, therefore said to them, again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come to before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep does not, do not hear him. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and come out and find pasture. The thief comes only in to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. There's that strengthening of that relationship that Jesus recognized and, and was sent here to, to confirm and to strengthen and to accomplish that wonderful relationship that God has always wanted from his people. Jesus says, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolves are coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says that the good sheep is willing to lay down his life for his sheep. There's no greater example of care and concern and compassion than Jesus Christ laying down his life for you and me as sinners. No greater illustration of the work of a shepherd than he would lay down his life for us. Picking back up verse 16. And I have other sheep which are not in this fold. I must bring them in also. And they shall hear my voice, and they shall become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Notice verse 18. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Jesus here is saying there's, there's others that he's going to bring into this fold. He's speaking to Jews. He's speaking to the Jewish community. His ministry was primarily of the Jews. But he's saying there's more that are going to come in. And those are going to be the Gentiles. The Gentiles are going to come in and be under the law of Christ as well. And be those children that God wants them to be. He also reminds here his audience that he has the power to give his own life. To lay it down as he pleases and to take it up as he pleases. He reminds his audience here that he's in control. I choose when I lay down my life and when I might take it up again. Again, there's no greater example of this relationship of the shepherd and the sheep than that of Jesus Christ. The good shepherd is willing to lay down his life for his flock. Lastly, the last shepherd we want to look at this morning is the shepherds of the flock today. And those are elders. God knows that while we have a good shepherd in Jesus Christ who watches over us from heaven, 
He knows we still need those earthly shepherds. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 4 it says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. There is a chief shepherd. That's Jesus Christ. And he watches over us from heaven. And we've studied recently about the things that our Lord accomplishes. We read there in the book of Hebrews about what all the Lord accomplishes and his role in heaven. But we still need those earthly shepherds. We still need those who can guide the flock and care for them and nurture them and give them what they need. And that's why he wants us to have elders in the church. That's why God has set this up. They are now our earthly shepherds and are even referred to as shepherds in some places. In Acts chapter 20, turn with me there, Acts chapter 20. Paul here is speaking to the Ephesian elders. He's called them to come out and to talk with him. He's got some things he needs to tell them. So here in chapter 20, beginning of verse 28, he says, he's talking to the elders now of the church in Ephesus. He says, be on guard for yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Your version might say bishops right there. Same office, overseer, bishop. To shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Remember Jesus in that parable talking about the savage wolves that were on the outside waiting to devour those sheep. Verse 30. And from among you, your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. You see, the elders play in a critical role in the church. They're to shepherd the flock. They are charged to look over the members of the church, to protect them from harm. Tells them the savage wolves are lurking out there, (laughs) seeking to devour the sheep. Elders must take care of the sheep. They must care for them. Providing for their souls, providing for their needs, just like a shepherd would. In Hebrews 13 and verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? For they keep watch over your souls. As those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with grief, for this will be unprofitable for you. They look after our souls. That's why elders are so important. So important for a church to be complete have elders serving in that office. In Ephesians 4, Paul talks about the different roles of the members of the church. So he's going to give some as evangelists, some as teachers, some as pastors. And it shows how important each role is in the body of the church. One of those that I mentioned there was the role of that of pastor. Interesting, the word pastor comes from the Greek transliterated word of poimen, which means a herdsman, especially a shepherd. In most cases in scripture, the word is translated as shepherd, but it does appear here in Ephesians 4.11 as pastors. So when Paul is referring to pastors in the church, he's referring to shepherds. Because that's what a poimen was, was a shepherd. If a pastor is a shepherd... The shepherd is an elder. 
then a pastor is an elder. I've been called pastor. But I'm not a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm an evangelist. I'm a minister. Those three words are descriptive of me. But the word pastor applies to an elder. It applies to a shepherd. One who is given to watch after the flock. So when we use the word pastor, we need to make sure we're using it correctly. The elders of the church are referred to as pastors. Not the, necessarily the preacher. Now the preacher can be an elder. He can be a pastor. But the two offices are different. Between preacher and elder. And that's why Paul refers to them separately there in that, that passage in Ephesians 4. So upon those pastors, upon those elders, those shepherds, it's tremendous responsibility. We read there in Hebrews 13, verse 17, that they watch after our souls as the ones that are going to give an account. So the shepherds have a tremendous responsibility on their shoulders to shepherd that flock that is among them. And they need to lead by example. And they need to make sure that they are holding themselves to the highest possible standards. And we need to recognize that as sheep. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17 says, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. It goes on to talk about not muzzling the ox while he's on the threshing floor. And a workman is worthy of his wages. The elder is worthy of, of the double honor if he's acting responsible. He's doing the things he should be doing and shepherding the flock. He's worthy of double honor. If he's doing that, he's caring for the sheep. He's taking it upon himself, that great task, shepherding after God's children. The Lord's people need shepherds. Throughout the years, God has appointed men to serve as shepherds. He's appointed them to this position. Go back to David and look at him. He was a shepherd. God appointed him to be shepherd over Israel. And he wanted these shepherds. God has always wanted his shepherds to deal justly and righteously with his people. He's entrusted us to these shepherds in various ways over various times. And he wanted them to take great care with his flock. And there's no better illustration of the shepherd and the relationship to the sheep than that of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am a good shepherd. He was willing to lay down his life, and he did. He laid down his life for us. Without that sacrifice, without Jesus laying down his life, we don't have opportunity or hope of salvation. We don't have the hope of heaven when this life is over. But Jesus did that. As we noted from that, when he was explaining that parable, he says, I'm in control of my life. I can put, lay it down and I can pick it back up. And amongst all that, he demonstrated his power as God among us, as Emmanuel. But through his sacrifice and through his wonderful ministry and the things and examples that he has shown us. He's shown us how to be a Christian. And through his sacrifice, he has given us the way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the light. 
No one comes to me except through the Father. No one comes to me except to, no one goes to the Father except through me. I'll get it right. Jesus is the way. He talks about he's the door to the sheep. He is the way. And there is no other way. So the question is, are you a sheep in the Lord's flock? Are you a child of God? Are you being cared for by the good shepherd, the chief shepherd? And that is Jesus Christ. If you are, you are under the care of the greatest shepherd man has ever known. You're kept in that flock. You're kept in that fold. And if you are not, you are outside of that fold. Simple as that. And the danger, you are in danger from those wolves that Jesus and Paul talks about. You're in danger from those wolves. So it comes down to this. Don't risk your life any longer. Come into the fold. Be counted among the sheep under that good shepherd. You're not a child of God. You can change that. If you need further study, we are willing to study with you, talk to you more about this good shepherd, tell you more about him and what it means to be a Christian, about hearing and believing and repenting and confessing that indeed Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Upon doing those things, you are a candidate for baptism. And you can be baptized, washing away your sins. We raised up that child of God and that sheep into the fold under the good shepherd. If you're subject to that, don't risk your life any longer. If you're a child of God and you've stumbled and you need the prayers of this congregation, we can help you with that as well. And you can make these things known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.